Hey everyone, you're listening to Can You Hear Us Now? Inclusivity in the Media, a podcast dedicated to amplifying the voices of those in marginalized communities who are frequently overlooked in the mainstream media. Each week we discuss new topics in order to promote representation of those who are recurrently silenced or ignored. Our program aims to bring awareness to these issues in order to stimulate inclusivity in the media. Let's get into it. During this podcast, we will look at UNC's internal communications and PR as we examine the university's efforts to increase diversity. Our topic question is, What are the experiences of students of color at primarily white institutions when their institution fails to represent and recognize their interests? We will be discussing Nicole Hannah-Jones' 10-year debacle as a prime example of UNC's diversity interests clashing with the Board of Governors' expectations of the school. If you'd like to read more about that event and what happened, we will link an article below. We have two UNC students that we're going to interview and we're excited to introduce them to you. My name is Alexis Jamison. I'm a senior from Memphis, Tennessee. I'm an advertising and public relations major with a minor in social and economic justice. My name is Nikaila Williams. I'm a senior from Greensboro, North Carolina, and my major is media and journalism, and I have a minor in American studies. We're just going to start by asking you guys to briefly talk about your overall experience so far at UNC. The good, the bad, the ugly. I would say overall, holistically, I've enjoyed my time at UNC. But when I think about everything that happened, like as a Black student, there's definitely a point in every school year and semester where there's some type of racial unrest or racial trauma or just even within the Black community at UNC, just things that go on and happen that kind of tainted a little bit. But overall, I'd say the community that I've been able to create has been really beneficial and something that I can see like sustaining me Mm -hmm. the rest of my life. I would definitely agree overall with what Alexis said. Like, um, my time overall at UNC has been amazing. You know, I met my best friends. Um, I've had some of the most memorable experiences, and it's been great overall, but there are certain points in time I can't believe that this is happening almost because UNC loves to claim they're so big on diversity and inclusion, but then when it really comes down to it in the policies and in the policymakers, when looking at all that stuff, you see that like this is not a school that is trying to strive for diversity, equity, and inclusion when you look at what goes on with like communities of color and Black students specifically, like me speaking from a Black student's point of view. Speaking specifically like about the Husband School, do you think your experience is better because of the Husband School, worse because of the Husband School? I would say that while I know I don't think I've ever had a Black professor in the Husband School, I had like two professors of color (laughs) and no Black professors. So I think that it hasn't really added positively or negatively. It's just like I would like to see more of a reflection of people who look like me and have more similarities to me in the Husband School because it's a, you know, predominantly white school. I would say I don't feel like my experience has necessarily 
been better at the Hussman School. If anything, it's very similar to what I feel like you find in other spaces, but definitely not as bad as somewhere where it's very obvious that they're kind of weeding out minority people in one way or another, like STEM classes. That's just the first example that comes to mind. I feel like because I did have connections to different professors prior to coming to the Hussman School. It's been a good experience, but I can't say that like without those connections and like that privilege that I innately had going into it, that it would have been an amazing experience. Say microaggressions, like literally Gianna, the girl that called me Gianna and we're the two black people in the class the other day. Stuff like that just continues to happen, so. Yeah, that's a good point. And Mikayla kind of already touched on it. it. It was a perfect segue into my next question about Black professors specifically. And if you've had any Black professors since you've been at UNC in the Husband School specifically. So yes. And actually, the reason that I'm even in the Husband School, like the person that encouraged me to apply is Livis Freeman, um, because he's like a family friend. So I haven't had him, but I plan to take his course next semester. And then Valerie Field and Julie Dixon was actually like the first Black woman teacher that I've had in my whole life. Wow. And has having those Black professors or maybe the lack of having a lot of Black professors impacted your time at UNC at all? I don't feel like it's impacted my time at UNC just because I learned how to navigate relationships with teachers that don't look like me from like high school and middle school and all that. Mm -hmm. And I would say if anything, especially when I get into the sports classes, because that's kind of what I want to do. It's just a reminder between the teachers and the students that the industry that I want to go into is going to look very white, male-centered. And so I guess it's, if anything, it's like good experience to kind of get that under my belt. Since you already touched on having or not having Black professors, especially since we're in like the media and journalism field where we aspire to discuss issues that come from different communities, both in advertising and in journalism, how would you think it would impact your learning if you did have more Black professors or if you did have professors of color? I would say just having a professor of color in general would kind of put me more at ease. Because I feel like kind of going into my career and going into like public relations and all that type of stuff, I'm kind of already on my guard because I know that like, as I can see through my teachers and professors, it's not necessarily a space that is created for me. So I'm going to have to work 20 times harder to get the same opportunities as somebody that doesn't look like me. So I feel like if anything, it would serve like really good encouragement. Not that I've been discouraged per se, but it would be even more encouragement to kind of feel like I'm on the right path. It's a great answer. Did the Nicole Hannah-Jones debacle change your perception of UNC or the Husband School? If so, how? I think that it didn't really change anything. It just more so added to the feelings that I already had, like, this school is racist. The board of governors and board of trustees are still sort of centered around making this a comfortable space for white people and white males specifically. And it kind of made me be like, okay, well, she very clearly is qualified to be a tenured professor, probably more qualified than a lot of the ones we already have. And they're still trying to find some issue and some controversy over it because of the 1619 project. I was, it just kind of added to the things that I was already feeling like this school was not built for me. The people in charge do not want me and the people who look like me to feel comfortable here. Yeah. I guess it did change my perception 
just because there were certain people within the Hussman School that are very high power and high profile that I've interacted with, had great interactions, and just some comments that they made about it were very questionable and just very much, very much coming from a perspective or like a lens of not even wanting to understand just being like kind of defending the donors of the school to protect money so I feel like because the people in power did certain things or didn't do certain things um, it did kind of change my perspective of the husband school because they are the husband school. How do you think Nicole Hannah Jones's presence in the husband school would have impacted you in your time or future career aspirations maybe because I know she's a pretty top-notch journalist. Um yeah honestly I was really hoping that she was gonna come to UNC and come to the J school and like be teaching these classes and so to have one of her status and someone with her experience just see kind of how she's navigated sort of like AJ already said a white centered field and so I really think that she would have impacted my work as a journalist and my work as a Black female journalist more specifically because it's a lot easier to you know sort of know what to do and know if you're doing the things that you've been doing right when you have someone who can relate to you so much looking at your work and giving you their feedback on that so um, it was a major loss for not just the school overall, but for all of the students and specifically, more specifically, the students of color in the school when they refused to initially give her tenure. I think you made a lot of great points, Mikayla. So my next question, what do you think UNC's communications department could have done better in mitigating the situation? Because, you know, it kind of snowballed into something that it was never really supposed to be. So do you have any recommendations for their communications department or critiques? I would say um, just the lack of, and I don't even know if this is just the communications department or, well, I guess they could have encouraged people to do it, but just being clearer about like things that were going on, in my opinion, it snowballed really when the students got involved and got to the protest and were being physically abused by the police. And all of that could have been mitigated if someone would have communicated with the students properly, not just before the um, board of trustees, before that meeting, but just throughout the whole process, because it was kind of embarrassing to be a student and have people back home telling me stuff about the situation that I wasn't able to find out from my university, but like through media outlets and stuff like that. So I feel like just clear communication would have gone a long way. Has any of your professors in the Hussman School talked about this event at all or like brought up a general class discussion? Well, I remember as it was happening, I had probably two two teachers that talked about it just like how are you doing how are you feeling da, 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 da. and this semester I've had because we are in a crisis communication class um, it's kind of been used as an example of what not to do I'd also like to add, I know this isn't about us, but as another Black student in the Husband School, on the topic of diversity, you can't expect to have a diverse student body when you don't have a diverse faculty. Having a diverse faculty, I think, is a really strong step into having a diverse student body as well. The next question is, is there a disconnect between what students want and what the administration wants? If so, how do we bridge that gap? 
Um, yeah, I think that there definitely is a disconnect there. Um, I think that students are honestly now more than in recent years, at least willing to say specifically what they're looking for, which a lot of the time seems like common sense and common decency. But I think that the faculty and the staff and the um, board of governors and the board of trustees, I think that they are looking like they almost, they are recognizing what the students want, but still choosing to satisfy, I feel like where the money is coming from. And so like where the, what the donors want and the people who are helping like sustain the university sort of trumps what the students are asking for. And so I think that to sort of bridge that gap, really, I think that is in the hands of the people in charge. Like they have to be willing to negotiate and recognize when things are non-negotiable and where there's just a right and a wrong and there's not really much room for anything else. And so um, I also think that students maybe need to uh, be careful in what exactly they are wanting from professors and staff that are not tenured, because at the end of the day, some of the things that students can do, the people in those positions cannot because um, their jobs are on the line, essentially. And so I think that those things would sort of help bridge that gap. How has the university slash the Hudson School adjusted their approach to diversity, equity, and inclusion since the protests of 2020, if at all? And is it enough? Um, I have to be honest, I don't really see much of a difference in the J school from before like the protests of 2020 and to now. I mean, I feel like I never really had any problems that I had with professors like where I kind of felt like, oh, like that was a microaggression or like, okay, that's a little like racially insensitive. It was never in the J school. Um, And so I feel like it's really been the same since like I first got to UNC in 2018. I think that, yeah, while I've had all of these white professors, they have always been like pretty sensitive about racial issues and the way that they say things and the way that they want other people to say things. I think that that's always been very clearly communicated. So I would have to say, I don't really see a big difference, but I don't think that that specifically was ever a weakness of the journalism school. I think it's more so not the way that they sort of go about information that we are communicating like within like the school itself and our work in the school, but it's more so been the lack of students of color and the lack of professors of color and then the representation in within the work in the J school that sort of has been their weakness. Unlike Makayla, I have had issues with professors kind of being I wouldn't say that they're being intentionally insensitive but like microaggressions within the Hussman school but I think a lot of the issues like even though my professors aren't all that diverse I still think that they're great professors that are able to teach me a lot um but I would say a lot of the issues are just like they don't understand certain things that you may be going through as a student of color or are able to speak to like how your experience will be as you go out and navigate the world as a PR person or advertising person or whatever of color. So I feel like, again, to Mikhail's point, the weakness is kind of in the curriculum because there aren't those diverse perspectives to strengthen it. And just since you did speak about the fact that there have been maybe some microaggressions thrown at you, did you ever speak to a professor or maybe another faculty member or someone else in the administration about it? Would you ever feel comfortable speaking about something like that? 
You know, unfortunately I didn't, but it's kind of like the same microaggressions that I've been dealing with since literally middle school. Um, and I try to, you know, give professors some leeway, but I think that does more harm than good. But it's just typical stuff like you're the only other black person in the class and I'm being called your name or you're confusing me with the tall black basketball player in the class and we're the only like just that type of stuff. Um, so it's just stuff that I kind of know what the answer will be from the professor or faculty members if I bring it up like, oh, it was just a mistake. So it almost doesn't even feel worth my time bringing it up. Do you want to add anything that we did not ask you? Anything about a specific incident or experience that you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, experience? I would just say I know that I've been very focused on I want a Black professor, Black, 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 but I do feel like as a Black person, I know that I personally would benefit so much from like having an Asian professor, having like an African identifying professor, and just like different cultures. It's not just Black and white. There are so many other identities that need to be represented in the Husband School. I also have one more question that I just thought of. This is for Media 441 Diversity and Communication. Um, our actual project assignment was to pick a podcast topic um, about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it could be anything surrounding that. And we were supposed to you know, conduct interviews and um, come up with a podcast to present at the end of the semester. What do you think about projects like this? And there are like other people, I know when the university has like diversity race classes, it always seems like the people that need to be in them are not in them, but there's a pretty nice mix of people in our class. Um, so what do you think about people who may not necessarily be inclined to take a class like this, doing a project like this? Yeah, it's actually funny you say that because I'm doing uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion work at Wasserman. And that's something that we talk about all the time like we'll put on these great events and have so much information to give and it's the same 10 like employees of color showing up that was not on topic but that was just funny to kind of hear that connection but I definitely think just in general it almost should be a requirement and not the requirement in the way that like this class is an option out of the 10 to 15 level three classes to do da da da. It should be like, no, just having a diversity course should be like a core requirement. You are not leaving the Hussman School until you are educated on how to be an effective reporter or PR person for all these different communities that you're going to interact with. I love that. That's on, it honestly is like so true because like that's why like representation matters. It's important to know about different people and different backgrounds and where they come from. So then each student can maybe one day hopefully identify with some professor or the other. Thank you so much for your answers. I think all of them were so great. Thanks for listening to the Can You Hear Us Now? Inclusivity in the Media podcast. We hope we were able to expand your mind and shed some light on this week's topic regarding the experiences of students of color at predominantly white institutions. As always, we encourage you to take a closer look at the media you consume. And don't be afraid to advocate for those who might not have a voice. Make sure to tune in next time when we discuss diverse representation in student media. You can also head over to our website at canyouhearusnowpodcast.com to check out more information and resources relating to our episodes. Be sure to leave a like on this episode and subscribe to our program. See you next time.